Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. I wonder, I wonder if by the time this goes out, which isn't that long, it'll be pre-England versus Italy in the European Championships 2020 slash 2021. I wonder if England will have done it. God. Anyway, it's on my mind a lot. Um, being a lifelong Southampton fan, suffering a Southampton fan, finally get to feel some glory. So I just wonder out of the listeners out there, you guys, how if you listened to that wonderful semi-final against Denmark that turned into a bit of a roller coaster, but God almighty, the emotions were unbelievable. Absolutely extraordinary. You just got that enormous sense of being carried along on a crest of a wave and I think it's coming home I think I think I think we can do it but anyway on with the show um <laughs> uh Danny McNamara oh my god I'm pretty um in awe of this guy uh, pre pre chat simply because um I've been to see Embrace a few times and their, their music is uh, you know so euphoric and wonderful I did get a little nervous in the beginning. I think I, with a question, and, uh, you know, I think it's along the lines of, what's your favourite, what's your favourite festival, Danny? And, um, yeah, don't worry, it gets better. It does. Oh, dear. Anyway, I think at the time, uh, I was having quite a bad one, a bad day mentally. I wasn't feeling particularly good, feeling a bit vulnerable. And um, I know that Danny's been through quite a bit... um, himself so we had a a pretty in-depth chat about post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, mental health and I think at times it it felt a little bit like I was in the chair you know if you know what I mean and um, I'm okay with that you know I'm a pretty open guy but I haven't spoken about some stuff Um, but you you know maybe one day some 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 stuff as in like you know boarding school trauma and, and what have you but um, yeah, we certainly uh, we, we we do go pretty pretty deep in, uh, in his own experience with post traumatic stress disorder. But um, uh, and we also hit it off on different levels as well. It's not just intense. We talk. I mean, I, I just had such a goddamn good laugh with the guy. I wasn't expecting him to be that funny because you go into these um, things not knowing anything about. The person you're talking to really you can research the hell out of them but you don't really know what they're going to be like what makes them tick so i think you're going to enjoy it we do have a, a damn good laugh but anyway yeah just before i i go it's coming home and also it's coming home and uh yeah why not check out my website somedaysadiamonds.co.uk somedaysadiamonds.co.uk i've got a short film on there i've got some music of my own i've got limehouse podcast blog and episodes but um yeah that'd be a really cool way of of paying me back if you feel like that's your thing uh i think i'd also probably say the limehouse wall of fame actually bring that up actually because if you're brave enough to tweet me then you just get a shout out on the show it's that simple Kev, Rob, uh, Simon, you know, you, you, you know who you are uh, as the three of you at the moment. I'm hoping to add another to the Wall of Fame. I don't know who that could possibly be, 
But um, at this stage of the game, I'm, I'm just uh, thrilled to even have three of you on the wall of fame. Let's try and build it up. All you got to do is tweet me at Limehouse Pod. <laughs> it's, uh, it's gonna, you know, it's really gonna change your life. It really will. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. Anyway, on with the show. Enjoy Danny. He's a lovely guy. And um, come on, England. It's coming home. It's coming. Oh, hang on. Listen to this. Hang on. Hang on. I took this of Pearl earlier. Um, my daughter. If you don't know who Pearl is, she's my daughter. Anyway, I, t- I took this. Um, yeah. What's coming home? What's coming home? Football. Can you say, can you say it's coming home? Coming home. What's coming home? England. Yeah. It's coming home. It's coming. It's coming home. There you go. Yeah. And uh, that's what dads do. See ya. Danny. Hi there, you all right? How, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm uh, just been working on the new album, um, so I've just been like writing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got a two-year-old, so back in the hey. So yeah, we had some relatives down and stuff, so um, yeah. yeah, and we all had an Indian, so it was all right. What are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? But you've got a, a hell of a beard there, mate. I, I, last time I saw yeah, you, was, yeah, um... Um, I sort of grow it until I get fed up, and then I shave it all off, and then I grow it again. This is about my fifth one in lockdown. I'm starting to get fed up it... now, so but probably that... next week it's probably coming off. But it just, it just, yeah, it's yeah, it grows, man. That's a huge amount of growth. I'd say that's like about two and a half years worth of growth for me, man. Like huge. You know, Santa yeah, yeah, it grows quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep trimming it to keep and uh, it's the gig a couple of months ago. Yeah. So I, I, I shaved it off for that, but um, yeah. I like my wife likes it and my daughter likes it so my daughter likes to grab all of it and swig on but yeah no it's 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 mental to talk to you really because i i've i've i saw you guys embrace back in 1998 at um guildford guildfest guildford festival i think you were playing i think you were playing with like shed seven and like the lightning seeds and um Man, that was a hell of a weekend for me. Yeah. I was like 16, nearly 17, and I met this girl, this Irish girl who was like freaking 20 years young, older than me or something. It was absolutely insane. I spent the whole weekend like following her around like a shadow. And um, and then we just like were watching you guys and stuff, and it was all very <laughs> romantic and a bit weird. Like, can you, can you, can you remember any really random festivals like that kind of thing? Uh, what, where random Irish women follow me around? <laughs> you have to be specific like, now. I've yeah, got, like, I've got a library like, of, uh, of, uh, of festival weird memories. It's like, in my life. You've got to remember, I'm a rock star. Like, shit oh, happens right. yeah, 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 a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I've, uh, I forgot I'm talking. I forgot I'm talking to uh, Danny um, McNamara. Went to this festival that was sort of a skiing Olympics uh, festival in Scotland. In I think it was Aviemore. Oh, um, lovely! And there was uh, there's loads and loads of like uh, wooden shacks everywhere and. I went there with my friend. This wasn't as uh, this wasn't in the band. This was just me and my mate just went to this festival, and yeah. um, we got there late, so we were playing catch up, like drink and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> most of the stuff that happened during the day had kind of finished. It was like sort of a school fair with like fancy dress and a hog roast, and you know all that sort of stuff. Basically, yeah. what what this group of people had done, there must have been about 30 or 40 of us, had gathered all the booze from everywhere and just stuck it in this one big wooden hut, sort of like a scout hut. And um, <laughs> me and my mate found this one wooden hut. Um, we just followed the drunken guy and, uh, and we got in there. And there was booze like you've never seen so much booze, you could have opened a shop. And... Um, <laughs> But in order to have a drink of this booze, you had to beat this guy at an arm wrestle. And this guy <laughs> was like, I mean, I'm not going to exaggerate. He wasn't eight foot, but I, th- I feel like he was more than seven foot. He was, he right, was, okay. he was huge. And he was built. Game of Thrones. Like, you know, probably just even naming him in Avimar, people probably know who he is because, like, there's not that many people who are that big, is there? And, um, <laughs> And he had a mate who was as wide as he was tall, who was like <laughs> built like a television set. He was like, I don't know. <laughs> he was like wide, man. He was wide. Pure muscle. And it was like, yeah. right, okay, so I'm quite good at arm wrestling, right? So yeah. my mate very graciously said, Oh, my mate'll beat you. So <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we were in there with, like, sort of 40 Scottish guys, probably about two <laughs> women, and, uh, and me and my mate who were both not Scottish. In the, right. middle of, in the middle of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, we could have easily gone missing and no one had been able to find us. Right. I'm in arm wrestle with this guy, and uh, and I beat him. He was, he was huge. I mean, you, if you, he must have been drunk, like, you know. Right, okay. If, if you look at... Him, and you look at me, you would not put your money on me. I was, no. was going to say, Danny, what kind of, what, what year are we talking here? This is, this is about 10 years ago, somewhere around there. Okay. That was about okay. 40, yeah. Um, yeah, so. I beat him, <laughs> but <laughs> as, as I was beating him, I sort of like in my head, and I'm quite determined, it's probably like one of the reasons why I've, been in a successful band is just sheer determination and uh right that's quite useful when you're arm wrestling it's not the yeah. most useful resource you've got generally strength will do it but determination brute force is a good is a good one yeah so as i was beating him whatever it was i was in my head i think i was saying like take that you bastard it's like really really and i said it like really loud <laughs> just as i beat him <laughs> and the entire room all went deadly silent 
And I, <laughs> me and my mate, I mean, my mate's quite tough. He's, you know, yeah. he was scared to death and I was scared to death. <laughs> Both sort of must have looked like white as a sheep because the whole room went right. completely silent. And then everybody just burst <laughs> out laughing and got the drinks out. And we had an ace night, but I just, you know, you could hear a pin drop after I'd said <laughs> that to this guy. And, uh, say, take that, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. Love but, it. Um, I love it. It might have been a bit stronger than that, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm turning it down a little bit for your listeners. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like the inner monologue explodes. Yeah. I just, I was, I just can imagine like a Danny McNamara going toe to toe with a seven foot, I don't know, <laughs> five um, ski mountain job. And then we had, we had another like... one, which was in um, Shetland Islands. I think it was Shetland oh, Islands nice. or Orkney Islands, one of those. It might have been both. We did a yeah. we did a festival up there, and again there's this um, really great. Bar. Again, there's a hut, and um... no, no. Again, there's this really great bar, and they had like every whiskey, every Scottish whiskey you could imagine, and an arm wrestling table, and uh, again, someone in the band went, "Oh, Danny's good at arm wrestling." So <laughs> I basically, sat. If you sit at this table. Whoever comes to the table has to buy the winner a drink. Okay. So I was on this table for about an hour and a half before I got fed up. Oh and I must have oh my had God. 15 whiskeys, maybe. Christ. Something like that. And the next day, you get on this like little biplane that's like, has like 12 people on it. And uh, I was like really hungover. That was one. That was oh. a night to remember, man. She likes just like open the window, throw out the you window. Can't, you like, can't open out. a window on a plane. Like, well, <laughs> you really mate, I'm thinking. I mean, you could feet. just get the get get the pilot to like dip down to ten thousand feet, <laughs> open the window. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was oh. just I was just going in the toilet, but the toilet was like the size of a filing cabinet, and you know, <laughs> it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. Where do you get? Where do you get? Where do you think you get that strength from? Like, is that? Do you think it's years of like holding microphones? I'm not particularly strong in any other way, you know. I mean, um, yeah. When I when I go on those things where you have to hit it and it tells you how hard your punch is, <laughs> I do well on those, and I do well on the arm wrestling. But other than that, I'm not, you know, I'm not particularly. I wouldn't say I'm particularly strong, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But I mean, I used to arm wrestle my dad when I was a kid, so I guess. Oh, here we go. Is it? There's. I think. I think. I think. Basically, there is some kind of training that you're not letting on to. No, like, there's some kind of training. No, not for Olympic uh, arm wrestling training. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> North Yorkshire, North Yorkshire, like under twelve arm wrestling champion. <laughs> la 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 la. Um, God, yeah. No, another another memory of mine. I don't know why I'm, I'm just going off on another one here, but um, of embrace is us. Uh, my, my mate Alex and I went to see you guys at um, the Albert Hall. Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed that one. Good one. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, this <laughs> this guy was off his fucking chops on like acid or whatever. I don't know, whatever the hell he was on. And he was right on the upper circle and we were kind of there as well. And he was leaning over really far over, like as if he he was like, you know, envisaging being on the stage, trying to touch you. And it was absolutely fucking hilarious. I think when you guys played like, come back to what you know, um, he 
just lost it. It was hilarious. So I can just about remember the gig. But whenever I think about Embrace, I always think about that guy off his face. And like... (laughs) We get a lot like that. I keep keep my eye on him from the stage. I let him know that I'm watching him. I sort of do that thing where, you know, you stick two fingers towards your eyes and then two fingers towards them. Yeah. Where you're looking at them. Yeah. I do yeah, that. I mean, and I just sort of keep an eye on them because sometimes it can go a bit crazy, and sometimes that's where fights can start, and sometimes it can like climb up the tent if it's at a festival and they can get yeah. hurt or injured or whatever. And so you got to keep a little bit of an eye on people like that. Yeah, what like you just go to the roadie. One, we've got one an F four and F nine. They are <laughs> definitely coming up. Get get the tranquilizer dark. Just, yeah, you've just got to keep your eye on it because no one. Wants to, I mean, it's very rare that any trouble happens, but no one wants yeah, to go a gig and and remember it because you know they they got into a scuffle. You know, even the person right. who started the scuffle definitely didn't go to a gig to start a scuffle. So. It's usually no. get these uh, things calmed down as quick as you can. Yeah, because like you're like night. Well, I don't know. Like in my mind, you're kind of like just just after the kind of like the Brit pop thing. Yeah, and, yeah. But there's there's that that massive lad culture. Do you ever get that at your gigs? Like where there's just the the lads turned up and and, and what have you had to deal with that? Because I know you guys aren't really yeah not that, not, that. Not, not that much. Um, I mean, it's been it's been larry at some gigs. I'm not going to deny it. You know, we've done quite a lot of gigs, so I'm not saying there's never been larry gigs, but yeah. Um, generally, generally it's good. Generally, people are um, very uh, very appropriate and convivial. I would say respectful. Respectful. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A better word. Yeah. I wish you could get the timbre of my voice when I said that. I, I think I did a really good job at using like, respectful. I want I want a gig as a radio DJ, man. God, Jesus. I don't know. Virgin Radio or something. It's a lot, um, it's a lot of hanging around. When did a, the bug of rock and roll come for you? Is it like when you were a younger man? Yeah, no, when I was a lot younger. I was about, yeah. I was about six. Um, Elvis died when I was six. He died in 1977. Um, Jeez, and um, he was on TV all the time because he died. So they were like showing loads of tributes and stuff. And mm. I just thought he looked really cool. And my grandma bought mm. me a leather jacket, and uh, I used to go around pretending I was Elvis. And the <laughs> kids on the street used to give me like money or whatever they had in their pocket. So it might be like a, a fruit bowl or, or you know, two p or whatever. Right. And I'd do my Elvis impression for him. And, um, <laughs> and and the Elvis impression didn't involve singing. It just involved doing the sort of Elvis Forrest Gump hip shake thing. Um, and I wasn't very good. I mean, you know, I was only six, but I was very, um, I went for it. Right. I went for it with sheer abandon. And I guess people just enjoyed seeing that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was when... Uh, Danny the Narcissist Rockstar was born. House six. I see. I get you. Yeah. I I I should have thought about that question a bit better because I didn't actually mean like rock and roll got me when I was sixteen. I was eight, but maybe a bit younger. But Elvis for me it was Jimi Hendrix. Um, but it's interesting that you cite Elvis. 
I don't. I, thought, I, I suppose in my mind, I don't know why that's in, it's interesting to me because I, for some maybe reason, I think oh maybe it would be Morrissey, but then Morrissey it wouldn't be Morrissey in nineteen seventy seven. Maybe maybe I'm thinking maybe more like Joey Ramone or something. You know? Yeah, I was on I was on his picks, so I had no exactly. idea who those people were. Although I was uh, ahead of the curve with Adam and the Ants, I got into that. Oh man. I got into them before they before everybody else did because my babysitter really liked them. So I was I was there before Kings of the Wild Frontier came out. Oh, so man. I, was about, I think it was about nine or ten, and uh, already I had like all the early singles and the album and everything. So yeah, I was fairly cool. Fairly cool. Did, did you did you, did anyone pay you any money to do and 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 dress up like Adam? <laughs> my grandma. Um, made us like a braided jacket each, me and Richard. And I used to paint the white line across my face. And uh, then I went to youth club. And uh, yeah. That's yeah, so yeah, cool. Was it really that was a bit of a like, Super affected. So like the seed, like the, it goes, the hook rather was in pretty deep then for like front, being a front man. Or was it, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily front men. It was rock and roll, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to do really well with women as well when I was that age, like ten, eleven. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I was like giving them all kissing lessons and stuff. I was like, I was the guy. <laughs> I love it. What like bike sheds, scout uh, around the back of, of the youth club, and then also Standard. The I used to have a woods near where I lived. They used to come around to my house on a Friday in gangs of like a dozen or so. Uh, <laughs> And I used to take them out of the woods and show them out a kiss. <laughs> yeah, true story. Make any make any money? No, no, no. I did it for free. I'm. I'm what? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose if so, yeah, if you did if you did make money from it, you'd probably get like some you know backlash now, wouldn't you? It'd be like part of the, <laughs> some kind of movement, you know. <laughs> Danny McNamara makes ten pounds. Yeah, it's like teaching I, girls how to snog. Me and I was only eleven. It's like yeah, but Danny McNamara was only eleven at the same time. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was useless at kissing. I was terrified. I was like, I think I was about fourteen, or maybe near fifteen. Normal. That's fairly normal. Yeah. But it was, I was terrified. My heart was coming out of my chest. She had braces. I had braces um, in the mouth, not as in like wearing. Well, I didn't, braces. I didn't know that you could breathe at the same time as you could kiss. So like the kisses, yeah. like the what made a kiss good at the age of eight or nine was the length of time that you could do it before you needed to stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the arm wrestling and the kissing, and uh, you know, it's, it's like a you've got to, you've got to be good at everything. Like you know, this is good. I like it. Like commitment. So when like basically you just kind of go white, you pass out that kind of thing. That's no. That's when you know you've you've got a really good kiss. You know, blackout. <laughs> well, they kept coming back, so it must have been all right. <laughs> they kept coming back, Will. So I think I was doing something right. Yeah. Next question, please. <laughs> oh, Danny Big Balls. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so 
This is I you see so this is such a, like a night I can imagine like a real like 1950s soundtrack to like you snogging birds at the back of a I don't know youth club. Yeah, it was it was like, uh, it was seventies, so you know don't don't go aging me, all right? It's like <laughs> try and imagine. So the first single that I ever bought was um, "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell. Oh man, okay, so, sweet. So you're talking about it was like stuff like that. It was all, obviously all the Adam and, Adam and the Ants records I nicked off my babysitter. Um, yeah. And then there was stuff like Modern Romance, I, 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 Moosey, and, uh, oh, God, Kissing the Pink, uh, Einstein, I, Go, Go, like loads of, like, sort of late 70s, early 80s. Um, do you, do you, did you ever, um, the Osmonds, Crazy Horses? Uh, that's a little bit earlier than, than that, I yeah. think. Yeah. So I was more like sort of maybe Blondie, Madness. I used to do the baggy trousers dance. I won a disco dancing championship as well. <laughs> I love this, man. Like, you've got a fucking CV of, like, some seriously potently random and fantastic shit. Yeah, I uh, I think I think it was just for the youth club, but there's about 200 people there. And... Um, Okay. I, won, uh, I won a bottle of pop and a packet of crisps and like a little sort of badge. Yeah. And I was, I was, it was, uh, there was one boy and one girl and then one overall. And I won the boy and the overall. So, yeah. Oh, sweet, mate. I mean, I can, I think I can up you, but I, I'm struggling. Cause I've, never oh, I've, won, got, I've, I've won... got loads more, mate. These are just, this I is... bet you fucking have. I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> just pipe down. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Surface a bit. What? What? What's? But what is like? If you if you had, I mean, you might. It sounds like you do have already. But if like if you had a trophy cabinet of all the things <laughs> that you've won, what was the, What's the one you treasure the most? Do you think? Oh my god, um, I don't really think about it like that. Um, it's more than yeah, memory. you do. Come on, mate. Of course, of course, you do, man. Like this I kissing don't. trophy, the dancing trophy. I don't. Well, like we've we've won like um, brats and and like awards, like Edinburgh Fringe Awards and stuff like that for gigs and stuff like that. But yeah, um, like Richard keeps all of those in his studio. It's not really about like it's, it's. Don't think of it as much as like winning. These are just like memories that I'm sort of going on a trip down memory lane here. It's all like. Yeah, well, I was talking more along the lines of Danny McNamara, like age 10, 15, rather than the band. But I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. you know, because it, it, it's like like a site, like a, did you ever do the swimming badges? Like the Oh, yeah, 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 badges. got all them. I was, uh, <laughs> I another one. Of course. <laughs> I held the pool record in Halifax for front crawl. Um, <laughs> and I was the captain of the swimming team. And um, <laughs> the way that I won... Oh, this is a story. Okay. So <laughs> I was again like um at school sort of sixteen, seventeen. Um what one of the boys who uh we went to an old boys school, but um it sort of became mixed halfway through. Um, yeah, that's what happened to me, yeah. Yeah. Um and uh and so it was kinda mixed, but you know, in my class, it was mainly boys, but yeah. And um, and I was, again, like, you know, um, quite successful with the ladies. And uh, and so when, when we were swimming, I was just more sort of interested in chatting to whoever friends I was with and whatnot. 
And I have these big, speedos. Oh, these. Oh, I got these from M and S. Yeah. I had these big. Um, I had this big black jumper on. Um, yeah. I was gonna do. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I was gonna do like this big strip before I like jumped in to start swimming. Like so I thought, I might get a cheer. So like, um, and I was so busy stripping off uh, the clothes that I had on to jump in that everybody else had already jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and I still dived in and got the pool record and, like, jumped after everyone else. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Of course. Cool. <laughs> of course. I mean, you still got a, a medal, even though, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Now, there's, there's, a little, there's a little catch to this. And the reason yeah. why I got the pool record, which had been held since, you know, fuck knows... Like the school was built in 1648, so it's quite a long record, right? The reason is, <laughs> yeah. the reason is, is they shortened the pool by one and a half meters that year, right? Right. So they started. I guess you know having the pool record was, you know, if you add that bit in, it's not that special. But even winning is quite special when you jump in up everyone. I mean, you know. And at the end of the day, Danny, you know, you got you've got that medal, and no one can take that away from you. And it's the, and it's the, and it's the taking part that counts, you know. <laughs> I didn't even know I'd won until I got to the end, and the teacher said, "Well done," and I was like, "Why? What? What?" And he said, "Oh, you've won." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Where's my jumper? <laughs> Who's got my jumper? Can I do the striptease again? Some, you know, I think everybody missed that. <laughs> it was like. One of the teachers that I fancied was 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 kind of the main reason I was doing all the showing off. God, I, oh man, I had a, a real crush. I've only ever cru- I've only ever had a crush on one teacher once. She was absolutely insane, <laughs> insanely gorgeous. I mean, pretty random. She used to teach us hockey. Jesus, wept. I remember I got a whack on my chin from a hockey ball. She she like walked about twenty meters and gave me a, a little kiss on my chin, and I. And I Jesus wept. That was like, I think he's like fell apart then and there. God, <laughs> think, things you remember. Um, no, I was going to say, I think I can match you um, with winning something. It's got nothing to do with physical sport, but um, we, we had a scale electrics thing for this, this kid's birthday. I would have been about, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. And it's massive scale electrics. And I, everyone was flying off the tracks and just left, right, center. I was like, I, it was like it was like a, a Damascan moment. I had this like this light beam down on me, and I was like, I know how I can win this. Just slow and steady, and <laughs> pissed every single person off in the room. Dads, the guy who owned the scare electrics, the kids, everyone, and I won it. I won it right fair and square. But because I didn't, I did it like slowly. They were still oh, and they were so. They were really reluctant to give me the winner's medal, but I still have it because it's literally about the only thing I've ever won. <laughs> well, you know, slow and steady is a race that taught us that the hair teachers is that. Exactly, my friend. But, um, God, wow, what a tangent. Um, you've brightened my mood, though, actually, Danny, a lot. Cause I've had, oh, I've had horrendous, horrendous anxiety today. Like, I don't know why. I just think, I think maybe I've had too much beer on Saturday and what have you, but, but that's just the way of, that's the way of the world. Um, when you get on over sometimes, it can get all existential and get a bit anxious. I think it's, I think it's just because it lowers like a certain chemical that you need to feel all right. 
big time. Yeah. Existential is exactly the right. You've just gotta, you just gotta you just gotta realise that's all it is and you'll probably be alright next tomorrow, you know. Have something to eat. Yeah. Generally, generally having something to eat and getting some fresh air and drinking some water usually helps. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, getting back on the beers. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Um oh man. God. Could, yeah, Jesus, this is so random because we've had such a random chat. It's hard to without sounding like an absolute dickhead to send to go anyway embrace anyway music um but i guess i'm gonna have to really because i want to know it's as simple as that okay um when when yeah when did when did when did rock and roll so when did you step away from uh, elvis impersonations i mean you probably you you probably still bring it out occasionally i should imagine but when did like elvis turn into like actual you fronting a band singing Um, jazz when it started my brother my brother was uh, in a band sort of a hardcore thrash metal band called Gross Misconduct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to go down to the garage where we used to rehearse and uh, boss everyone about and everyone got fed up, which just left my brother. And then, so we thought, well, there's only two of us now, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's see if we can find some more. <laughs> let's see if we can find a bass player and a drummer. And, uh, Gross misconduct on your on your part, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like I can't remember the name of the singer, um, but he'd been he'd been uh, uh, sacked from work for gross misconduct. It was, <laughs> it, it was something to do with um, something to do with scrapyard. Right. Um, I, okay. I don't know any more details other than that. I don't want to. I don't want to say, you know, a penis might have been involved. Who no, knows? No, I don't. No, I don't think. I don't think there was anything sexual. I think it was like okay. ne- really negligent, or you know, something. Okay. Or, or really okay. dangerous. I think it was really dangerous. What? Or really hazardous? What they'd done? Right. Yeah. I, this is pure speculation on my part. <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only, the only thing I know is that it wasn't sexual. Because if it was. They yeah, probably have made more of it. Right. Probably okay. Absolutely. In um, artwork. No penises in this. In this. In this particular tale. No penises in this artwork at all. No. <laughs> so, like, after all that debacle, when I mean, because it's quite funny, isn't it? I love brothers in bands. It's it's quite cool. And like, so were you were you pretty? Like United, I mean, I guess you've well. I mean, you've had a really, really long, successful career together. So I'm presuming that it was a pretty, um, in instant kind of gelling in, in a songwriting capacity. Or am I just absolutely massively jumping the gun? Um, well, there was a. We were very together in terms of how determined we were, but yeah, um, actually being able to write and and being able to. Play and sing didn't come till much later so yeah uh you know it was it was it's <laughs> quite often on band advertisements you'll see commitment essential uh <laughs> yeah. talent not so much and we were we were we were definitely in that camp i would say right yeah yeah i mean i know man like i've been in i've been in a shit ton of bands and i'd know exactly what you mean like focus drive just please just can you just promise you'll turn up to band practice next week like it, it's, it's not really that big a deal but could you just 
could you just come that would be great yeah um, yeah if, so who, if you're all if you're all equally as determined then be surprised what you can achieve you know damn straight yeah and like can you remember like the first time you 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 put a few chords together and you've really felt like a chemistry come together um no it didn't really work like that it was um the sort of eureka moment if you like was um richard was listening through to a tape uh, this is how long ago that was a cassette <laughs> um of ideas that I'd given him, and he stuck the cassette in the wrong way around, and so heard just me noodling on my own, and yeah. um, and I, it was a song that ended up being retread, and Richard was like, "I really love this. This is amazing," and I was like, "That sounds a bit country and western or something. It doesn't sound like us." Yeah. And he said, yeah. well, you know, what do we sound like? We, you know, we just sound like Echo and the Bunnymen and The Cure and you 2 And we just sounded like our influences. Um, yeah. and, and this doesn't sound like anyone else. It sounds like you. So let's, you know. And then he wrote the guitar riff for it. And then, yeah. And then from then on, it was like, right, okay, we've got one really good one. Now we need to write some more. So, um, right. and then, yeah, the songs got coming thick and fast then. In terms of originality, when did you start really striking out? Well, that was it. What I've just said, um, retread um, before that, yeah. we were like really like the Bunny Man and the Cure. Oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah, sure. And then when we retread, it was like, ah, right, this sounds like Embrace, doesn't sound like anyone else. And then from yeah. then on, it's sort of the floodgates up and it is kind of weird like there's little tweaks and stuff that suddenly you get it, your own little sound like i remember when um like i listened to the the cribs for the first time or what have you and i'm like there's just something really weird about how someone who's really simplistic guitar player or or a vocal performance and it's they just do this tiny little thing that just makes them sound that bit different and then they just sell like a a million more records and the, the, another band. It's, it's it's such a really strange chemistry. Um, and when you know you've got it, it, it must be a little bit, are we ever going to lose this? I don't know. It's like kind of a bit of a weird chemistry. Um, I don't think it's, it's not. Yeah, I, I can imagine how it might seem like some sort of dark heart or there's something magical to it. Um, but... It's it's really just a case of uh, of sitting there with a the guitar and just playing and playing and playing and yeah. and then you get something that sounds really good, um, and you know it because you know the hairs on the back of your neck go up and you know you just or sometimes you can be in floods of tears um, and it's yeah. getting all those moments together and once you've done it once. Um, you don't set off second best, you know. Like mm. we scrapped every single song that we had when we wrote Retread because none of the others were good enough, and started again. Right. And we'd been going for a long, you know, been going for about four or five years, I think, uh, if mm. not longer. And um, yeah, we just scrapped everything and started again because we knew that, you know, we knew what we had to do from then on. And and it's it's yeah. really like that now. I mean, it's, it is really hard, you know. I can sit mm. down on the guitar for days and days and not get anything. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I know when I've got 
then, you know, and it's it's uh, still as exciting now as it was back then. Yeah, no, I bet, man. Like that, that just never leaves you, does it? Like that, that, that search. The more you experience in life, you're gonna be better at writing songs, writing lyrics, right? But as um, musicians tend to get past, a, like, to put to one side when they turn forty, fuck it, thirty, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote, um, I wrote Retread. I think I was about twenty-five, something like that. And I've been in yeah. a band for like seven years by then. So, mm. um, and the last good one I wrote was last week. So, you know, <laughs> and I'm 50 now. So I don't think yeah. there's a limit on it. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, I remember when My Weakness is None of Your Business um, came out, I was absolutely, utterly obsessed with that song. Um can you talk a bit about that song? Because I think it's such a vulnerable, beautiful song. Like I just, but I, I don't know why though. I think when I was I was a kid, I was like that song title in itself, and then like the way you deliver that line, it's such an anthem for like I didn't know that great music existed within my own shores, as in modern music. Because I was so obsessed with the seventies and what have you. But how did you feel when that first came out? Yeah. Like, not sorry, came out in the rehearsal space, I suppose. Uh, well, we were we were recording the Fierce Panda version of Are You Good Good People, and um, yeah. I needed a B side, and um, I had a couple of ideas, and basically we threw it together in the morning. That song, um, we we started it about I think about nine o'clock in the morning, and, and by midday we had it, and. Uh, and we were like, right, that's the B side for Oh Good Good People, right? Let's get on with the rest of the album now. And um and the record company rang us up and we're like, What's this? I was like, Yeah, it's B side for Good Good People. He's like, You can't just leave this on a B side, it's fucking amazing. I'm like, ah, oh, we've got others. Just get it stuck on there. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um but yeah, we it's weird. We were just just writing a lot, you know. Mm. Um getting a lot of good ideas i think it was like mick the keyboard player um Dale, um him coming along suddenly all these songs that worked out on acoustic guitar suddenly really grew into yeah. these big like epic productions you know um yeah and i think my weakness is not in your business really benefited from that the, the mickey dale touch god yeah i love it I just love it. It takes me back so much to my uh, youth, I suppose. But when it was all a bit weird coming out of boarding school and finding rock and roll, it's quite cool. I think I must have, I think, I think it maybe got a lot of counterculture, like, you know, like um, people like, like myself, a bit weirdos. I was a bit of a weirdo when I was a kid. Probably still am really. That's what boarding school does to you though, really. Um, but yeah, like a lot of very sick also, people went to boarding school. A sort of what? A lot of very successful people went to boarding school. True, true. Yes, yes. Did did, did you board or was it just uh, was it just all boys school? No, no. It was just uh, just normal state school. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, grammar yeah, school. Was, God, yeah. yeah. Now, what I what I what I do remember is the name of the album, <laughs> The Good Will Out, and um, 
I always just think that's such a goddamn yeah. cool name. Like it's so brilliant, and and the production on it as well. Like, did that all come together quite relatively? Because the, the the cover as well is just so iconic. I love it. It's so like it is nineties, but it's also really stands up now. It all just goes well together. <laughs> yeah, I love much. it. Well, you know, we put a lot of thought in. It. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm glad you yeah. liked it. <laughs> uh, the title I had the title for a while. Um, yeah. The idea for the cover initially, my idea was to have a big queue of people going into the sun and one person coming back off their face. Um, okay, yeah. But um, our photographer went, we can't get that many extras to fly over to New York to do that. So it's just going to have to be the band <laughs> walking away from the sun. I was like, okay, fair enough, you know. You shoot high, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But I, re- I do really like the cover. When 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 uh, when she'd taken the shots, I remember looking at him and thinking, "That's the one. That's great, that one." Yeah. And everybody said, "It only looks like we've only got one arm," and I'm like, "Yeah, but come on, I'm walking. That's what you look like." <laughs> yeah, but people are going to think you've got one arm. I'm like, "No, they're not." <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. And then um, yeah, the album was really because we. Um, we had we tried loads of different producers. We went all over the world. Like we went we went to America to try Andy Wallace. We tried Johnny Dollar, mm. Steve Osborne, um, just a whole list of like great producers. And in the end, we ended up doing most of it ourselves with a, a local guy called Dave Crefield, who's great, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then at the end, we got a youth who we've worked with a few times since, who's a lovely Sweet. man. Um, yeah. One of my favourite people on the planet. Um, him and uh, Hugo Nicholson uh, to mix it. And um, and we recorded a couple of tracks with him as well. We recorded, mm. re-recorded Good Good People and we did come back to what you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then the album was done. But that was, that was hard, man. That album was really hard. Right. We were yeah. under a lot of pressure. Well, is that is that because of record record label pressure? Because like I know it's it, it obviously now getting a deal and everything is completely different to what it was back then. But was there like a massive advance on for for you guys? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that. Although you know, if I think about that, that was probably there as well. It was more that there was so much hype around the band. We were on like the front cover mm. of all the magazines, and we we're always on Radio One and on top of the pops and just everyone was like, you know, the, the hype surrounding the album was, was insane. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I was really worried that we weren't going to be good enough. So, I, you know, and, and I had no idea how to make an album, you know, never done it before. Mm. And, and, uh, and no one seemed to be able to help us. We went to all these, you know, big name producers and 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 we weren't really getting what we were what we wanted to hear coming out of the speakers and 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 then in the end uh we hooked up with youth and um and he really brought it home he he, he was amazing so what, what what was that like i mean what was that like then like when you finally find this the sound that you're after what was that mo- was there any a eureka moment there at all yeah um I basically, I'd got to the stage where I couldn't even be in the same room 
because if it sounded rubbish, I was just I was just going to leave the country. So I was like, I don't want to know. Uh, you know, don't come and get me. And it's sounding amazing. I, I've had enough. This is when we were mixing the album. So yeah, and it was about I think it was about ten o'clock at night. And Youth and Hugo had been in the studio with the band. Uh, and they came and got me. And the first one that they mixed was The Goodwill Out, um, mainly because it's just, I know, vocal mostly. So you can't really get it wrong. Um, but they mixed that, and I went in and listened to it, and and it was exactly how I wanted it to be. And I, I think I think I'm, I'm, I think I might have even burst out crying. I was so happy. Really? But, uh, at last, oh. we've done it. Man, fuck. Yeah. And then, and then we were doing a track a day from then, and it came together really quickly. So it was, it was uh, really exciting then. But yeah, the first two or three tracks, I didn't want to be in the room until they got it sounding good because I was just, mm. I was too strung out. But no, what I, yeah, no, it's just really interested me to, to what you wrote about um, around your experiences of post traumatic stress disorder, and then you know your your men's your, your struggles with mental health because it really rang yeah. something very very true with me, like you know and your struggles with it um where how how are you now with it all are you right, yeah. are you like you're much better now obviously but i'm all right yeah i'm all right i mean i get the odd day now and again like you know maybe yeah. maybe once or twice a year i'll have a day where i you know i kind of feel a certain way uh, that i used to feel when i was ill um you know it gets under my skin a little bit but um yeah, and pretty much, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm I'm totally fine now. Um, yeah, and 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 I and I talked about it because there's a lot of people, you know, suffering and not and not mentioning it to anyone because they're worried about how it'll make them look, um, mm. worried about you know repercussions, you know, whether they'll lose their job or whether people are taking seriously anymore or, you know, shame, shame. Worried, about, yeah. worried about what might happen. And um, mm. I, I'm, I, I'm, in, I, I'm in a place now where it doesn't really matter to me what people think anymore. Um, right. You know, uh, people who know me know me and, and people who don't, you know, they don't know me, so why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah. So... So, so yeah, I, and I, and I, and I remember. I think it was um, Stan Collymore um, and Stephen Fry. Both of them had come out about mental health within a mm. couple of weeks of each other, and I just thought I should talk about this. I should talk yeah. about this, and um, and I think I think for Stephen Fry, I think he's bipolar. Yes, um, yeah, he is, yeah. And um, I, I can't remember what Stan Collymore's issues were. I think it might have been depression. Um, mm, yeah. But no one was talking about PTS. And um, and so um, I thought I thought maybe I should talk about that. Uh, and what happened then after that was there were literally like hundreds and hundreds of people wrote to me and messaged mm. me and... Um, about how you know they either they suffered or they knew someone who'd suffered, and mm. and 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 so then from then on, um, I've just always been a bit of an advocate 
uh, about talking about mental health because I think talking about it is just about one of the best things you can do um, mm. because it gives you perspective and mm. you know the worst thing in the world when you're feeling really horrible is to only have your perspective um, because oh, yeah. obviously everything's going to look really fucking bad <laughs> <laughs> right <You know? laughs> but yeah. you know you talk to someone yeah. who's felt equally as bad or worse and they're alright now you think oh my god maybe maybe there is a way through this you know and yeah. And that's really just, the bottom line, I think, for, for talking about mental health. No, I think you're right. I mean, just I I basically had a, a phone call with my one, my 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 best mate earlier this the, today, and he he's got you know some he's got some ongoing post traumatic stress disorder stuff. Um, but um, and I'm he and I are super super close because of that. Like we can really talk about like stuff and that's such a beautiful thing and i'm so happy i'm it really fills my heart that i have that relationship with him yeah um yeah. and then i read about you like earlier and and that and i was like that that's really amazing like it's really beautiful because to be able to speak about that because like you know i oh, fucking hell man like i went through hell at boarding school and i didn't i didn't even and i and i think a lot of it was actually under the surface for a long time and then it started coming out about 18 and it happened just in one night like I had or one morning just the most unbelievable break like a, like a yeah. spasm in my brain yeah. and fuck me man like that was like that for years and yeah. what and I'm reading about you today I was like man I wish I'd met I wish I'd met you or a variant of you or something like well, when I, I, was 18. I used to think that I used to think you know, because it happened to me when I was 19. And um, hmm. I used to think if someone had been in Enemy or Melody Maker or, you know, on Radio 1 talking about this when I was 19, I wouldn't have hmm. suffered for as long as I did in silence. Um, hmm. and, uh, and and so, you know, now it's like I, I, I like to talk about it when I get the chance because hopefully... You know, someone might be listening to this, or mm. might be a friend of someone who's listened to this, and and um, and, and you know that always the the message is to just reach out and talk to someone. That's that's always like the first step. And don't don't worry about where it might go. Just 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 try that, and then take it from there. Yeah, it is quite cool. Like also family members as well, because I, I my mum was uh, she's 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 always been. Um, she, she's she's yeah suffered from mental health for her, her whole life uh, issues and what have you and so, and obviously so have I but um when I spoke to her when I was like very young 18 whatever and I was having this absolute crisis and she halved the problem just by really being really beautiful and quiet and just nodding her head yeah. and, and then and then just going yeah this is what you're having like and it's okay don't worry I mean it did you know fundamentally it didn't cure me or anything yeah. blah, blah blah but it it halved the problem yeah well, that's it. Um, I remember my dad, um, you know, for him, he's, he's quite a sort of a bluff northern builder, sort of mm-hmm. quite a rough, you know, he's like half <laughs> Irish. Well, he's, he's fully Irish. He was born in Dublin, but um, <laughs> he lived over here since he was about six. Um, but um, he, he, he doesn't know about mental health and... And when when I was going through what I was going through, he didn't know what to do, and uh, 
yeah, I remember him saying, we need to get to adopt her because I can't help him anymore. I don't know what to do. Um, mm. uh, but I just remember him saying to me once, just remember him saying, I don't know what's going on, Danny. I don't know. But just know that I really love you and I'm really proud of you. Mm. And and that just stems like that just made me feel better for half an hour, you know. It's just like yeah, fuck. And and that's you know, you'd be amazed how how simple it is to just reach someone with something as long as it's from the heart, you know, because we're just animals yeah. really. Yeah. We're really yeah. we're really simple creatures, really. No. I take I, I really take that especially when it comes almost like it, it's all it's just even if it's just a few words I mean maybe because like yeah you know your dad's a big like building gruff guy blah 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 and it's like Jesus wept sometimes just a fucking look I used to go I used to, I've, I've been a farmhand I've been worked outside my whole entire fucking life with people that are just so rough man so a million miles from talking about mental health and I'm just there in my own little prison like I'd come home from work exhausted i just fall on the fucking floor and not i wouldn't like sob i wish i had because that would have got rid of some of it but i'd just be exhausted from trying to keep my head together and then like yeah you just some sometimes you get a ray of light some tough guy would just go oh fucking life man and they i don't know not life they did they'd say something from their own experience and it would just <laughs> just take just take a, a weight off your shoulder and you go that's it that's all i needed that's all i needed yeah, yeah. just some kind of like recognition that i'm not the only one going through this shit yeah um yeah, yeah i didn't yeah well, my not, intention wasn't to, sorry not. go on yeah 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 i just my intention wasn't you're to offload on you by the way one. yeah i i just, I just <laughs> find it <laughs> wrong meeting uh yeah um but no i just think you're a, a you know it's a beautiful thing to for for what you did and i'm glad that you you felt like it was um you, you know you could and and also like it was a a, a voice well added yeah, do you yeah. know what i mean like um but anyway look i've um, yeah, gone definitely. over your i've got i've gone over your time um but i suppose you're you're you, right. you're, you're close you're close to finishing the new album then yeah 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 we're uh, we we've got uh, we've got a list of songs now. We're going to get together as a full band in a few weeks. Um, me, Mick and Rick are getting together again in a couple of weeks. Um, Sweet. Yeah, it's exciting, man. The new songs are really good, man. Yeah, are you playing any festivals? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing a few. Um, first one is at the end of July. Uh, so I'll have shaved off the beard by then. we've got a handful over the summer i can't remember where they all are but um if you okay. look on facebook I'll, you'll find it probably yeah yeah definitely mate yeah I, I i i was hoping you might be playing um bigfoot festival but um but sadly well i look no, like bigfoot at the moment with this but you, you exactly mate you do you know you fit the part in a, in a lovely beautiful way and i think i think you should do a, a matt berry and get it really big and then put a, a, a fucking badger a white badger stripe through the middle of it as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh bless you mate well thank you so much for your time danny and um yeah My you're a pleasure. fucking legend Send me a send me a link when you when you've edited it all together and uh, and I'll get it on my socials and whatnot. 
Oh, thanks, Danny. You're a sweetheart. I will do. I'll probably put it out pretty soon, actually, to be honest. All right, great. All right, mate. Take care. Thank you so much. All right. You too. Thanks for speaking. See you soon. Bye. Coming